0: Yeah.
1: Blog Talk
0: yes. Radio. It sure is. All right. This, this oh. is All About <laughs> Wine. The blockchain dedicated Edited to, to the, the wine industry, industry since 2009. 2009. Featuring winemaker, wine. summer master, vineyardist, and,
2: and tasting, tasting expert, Rod. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate oh. people on to make one, less confusing and more friendly. more friendly from coast to coast, coast to coast and around, around the world. world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just I, just, I <laughs> love, I love it.
0: Westerns and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr.
1: Again. That's www.divin.com. All the Wine. And now, All About one,
2: Wine. is on. Here
0: Here's what... Rod.
1: Rod.
0: <trabalho>. Hey! <laughs> the <Country story> <issimo> so one and only. Wow. We're here,
1: we're here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, we are. And we're live. Right. And we are and taking your chats and everything on our... Blog Talk Page. Uh, if you go to blogtalkradio.com dot com forward slash all about wine BTR, please write that or all about wine on blogtalkradio.com. Um, dot com. You can do that or on our Facebook page or YouTube uh, stream channel thing, whatever. Just uh, just chat with us. And we and we
2: got uh, uh, guests. So if you have any questions for him too, you can always do that. Mm-hmm. If you think yep. of any questions you might like to ask our guests, our guest tonight is a repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lachman. Uh, was on. When was he on?
0: October. Wait a minute. I have it. I have it on here. It's. Uh, I just made note of that. October fifteenth, twenty twenty. He was on.
2: Wow. So it's over yep. a year ago. Wow. Uh, so uh, we got we got him coming back and visiting us. He's. Uh, Writing a new book or something. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. He is waiting in the blue room or in the green room. Blue room. He's waiting in the green room, ready to come on and tell us what he has been up to. So we will bring him on the show. Well, not yet because I can't find my cursor to put. Oh, there it is. Uh, Bring him on the show now. Okay. Uh, Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. Well, good evening, Ron. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. And yourself?
3: I'm doing good, but I was a little annoyed. I thought I was going to be in the green room, and I ended up in the blue room.
2: So well, what you can were you do? The, we, huh? we, we call it the green room. I mean, that's you know, it, it's the green room. But the the blue room is right before you step onto the show. So it's like a transition oh. Ah, there. Okay. 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 I no. wondered why
3: the I wondered why the why the uh, the wine wasn't as high a quality in one room as the
2: other. So that's Yeah, all. Well, that's that's the thing. We we have to watch, you know, expenses. Uh so budget. Yeah, budget. Well know, I know. And, bu-
3: budgets yeah. and, and accepting gifts and all that is yeah.
2: Yeah, and so well, it's uh, great you know, great but, to hear you. It sounds like you guys yeah. have been doing very well. Yeah, we have. Uh we are, are still doing it every week and still hanging in there and uh still getting listeners and that's always great and fun and uh Good yes. thing to do. So, and what have Terrific. you been up to for the last year? We just looked it up. Mike, actually, not we. Mike, give credit where credit is due. Uh, Mike just looked it up and he said it was October fifteenth of last year was when you were on. So really, yeah, well, I, w- I didn't time. realize it was that long ago.
3: No, no yeah. but, uh, Huh. Well, I've yeah. been I've been yeah. pretty busy. I've been uh, writing. Uh, I'm trying my hand at something new. I don't know if I mentioned this uh, when I was on with you specifically, but I'm writing a wine-focused mystery thriller crime
2: novel. Oh, wow.
3: To keep myself off the streets and out of jail. (laughs) You've got to have something to do
2: you got to have it that's what we a week they won't let me won't let me broadcast from jail so you know. <laughs> so
3: i've been having a great deal of fun with that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of wine in it uh i have read a couple other works in this genre if i can call it that um which have not been particularly thrilling or exciting. So I'm hoping to, uh, you know, to turn that around a little bit. Uh, ah. But it's quite a job, you know. I mean, it, it's a, I mean, I write a lot of fiction. I've always written a lot of fiction. But writing a mystery thriller kind of has its own set of rules and, and uh, conventions that mm-hmm. you really need to stick to and it's been a very uh, excellent learning experience. Uh, so I'm I'm approaching the end, and hopefully we will uh, see that book uh, hit the shells or the airwaves or whatever it's going to hit these days uh, sometime in the first half of 2022. Oh, excellent.
2: So uh, uh, you're – your mystery, your wine mystery thriller, who's your main character? You? No,
3: no, no. <laughs> no I'm not that silly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. My my main character is a, I would say, a wannabe sommelier. Uh-huh. He's, a, yeah, a guy who's very wine smart. Uh, he has work in uh in a restaurant as a psalm but had a kind of string of unfortunate uh incidents which uh caused him to kind of be bounced out the door Ooh. and he's got some personal problems uh he's dealing with and meanwhile, a series of pretty interesting uh in your face Crimes uh, are taking place involving wine. Oh, uh, yeah. So I mean, there's uh, the 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 main antagonist is also a sommelier. Oh. Uh, and the the secondary antagonist is simply your typical uh, wine-swilling uh, corrupt Russian oligarch. Oh, we're getting, bringing the Russians right. in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so, so you can see why it's been a lot of fun just uh, playing with this. But oh, I, yeah. I want it to be more than fun. I want it to be something that you're going to pick up and and have trouble putting down. You know, I want people to to turn the next page and and be intrigued with where the story's going.
2: So, uh, so what you say, a murder? Putting it is, all out there. It, is the murder a blunt instrument like as in a wine bottle?
3: Uh no, you know, I oh. tried to stay away from the tropes, as as uh. they're called in the writing world, of uh of wine mysteries. You know, I didn't have anyone die by fermentation. You know, that's oh. a common one. The that's the a, guilty no, very party common. slips Felt, into
2: in the tank. slips
3: yeah. into the uh Open top tank during fermentation and, and right. killed and drowned. That's very common. Yeah, or again falls under a, a you know a, barique, a, a a stack of barriques and a winery collapses and crushes him, Or mm, yeah. yeah, hit hit over the head with a wine bottle. So. Right. Yeah. The, blood the murders, instrument. which are not the main part of this, but are integral to the story, are just good old fashioned with a gun murders. Oh, so okay.
2: it's still uh, the results are still the same. They're dead. Yeah. That's right. Yes, they are. They are. <laughs> yeah. But we do have some
3: good wine along the way. <laughs> oh, well, good. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's been good. It's been good. Do I've been enjoying you, it.
2: <laughs> do you mention wine? Uh, I mean, specifically, oh, frequently. not just, you know, he opened up a bottle of a cab. He opened up a bottle of 1982, uh, yes. Montan uh Cabernet with aromas. I mean, did you do that, or did you just say? Yeah, you end up? Oh, well,
3: okay. no, we we get in. Well, the the descriptor is kind of tied in to. I don't want to give it away here. Now you know we we'll No, get people, no. I'm,
2: if if, we'll if I'm asking too much, then but, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll back off. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, no. Um, I mention, or there are a number of wines that are key to pushing the plot forward. So they are specific wines. It's not just a bottle of red and, you know, a bottle of spritz. Uh, I mean, they are specific wines that are mentioned. uh, And I think that if you know uh, anything about wine at all, even if you don't, you'll realize once you start seeing what these wines are that uh, how this whole thing is feasible.
1: Mm.
2: So that is intriguing. mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So is it is it a specific winery that you bring in or is it uh just wine? No. Themselves? No. Uh,
3: it's it's the wines themselves uh-huh. are uh Yeah, the wines themselves are being uh stolen. Oh, uh Prestige well, that's label by prestige label from very high-end collections around the country.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's very timely because of all the wine fraud and all the stuff that's going on. And, I mean, it's a continuous thing. We've talked about it on the program before, if, uh, you know, prosecuting people who have done wine fraud and all of that. Oh, sure. involves. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, yeah, that's, that's very timely.
3: Well, there's a lot more fraud in the wine world than people realize
2: yeah, and, well, uh, I
3: wanted to burst a, I wanted to burst a couple of bubbles you know i mean the wine world can tend to hold its nose a little too high, so I always like to take an opportunity to kind of slap that down a bit so you. you know in discussions of of psalms and restaurant etiquette and things like that, we'll get a little bit of that but but it's not it's not i mean it's just a it, it's a good Good mystery, it. Uh, huh? and it Come makes, along. If you know wine, it'll make you thirsty.
2: Oh, very good. So you read the novel yeah. while you're drinking wine, then that's that's the key.
3: Well, now, Ron, tell me honestly, you and Mike drink wine while you're doing most everything.
2: Uh, I do, yeah, and, and Mike tries to, yeah. but then yeah. <laughs> he finishes it well, too if you, fast. If well,
3: if you pay him a little more, see, he could buy more wine, and then yeah, there you
2: go. That's just what need Mike. I'm doubling your pay. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, I want you to yeah. blow it Thank all on you. wine. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey,
2: anytime, anytime.
0: <laughs> winery gift certificates. Thank you.
3: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. it. Yeah, we're doubling your pay. It's coming in winery gift certificates. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, and, no, and don't blow yeah, no on whiskey. Case. Yeah, it has to be wine. Yeah, no. that's right. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, how long is your book?
3: Boy, uh, I don't know. In standard kind of trade paperback size, probably three hundred and forty pages, something like that. Oh, good size then. Good size. Uh, yeah. How many
2: chapters? Yeah. Yep. You got broken down in chapters? Uh, chapters?
3: There are probably 60 or more.
2: Chapters? Uh, One thing that I – yes.
3: Wow. But here's the thing. If you look at what people are reading these days, whether it's literary fiction or uh, genre fiction or just about any other kind of fiction – the chapters have gotten very, very short oh, really? because people have no attention span anymore that's, that's and true. or this is the one the intellectuals like to use. You know, you remember, yes, I was reading the articles. You remember that. Uh-huh. Uh, what they like to say is, well, you know, I'm commuting to work on the train. And uh, uh-huh. so I've only got forty forty five 45 minutes or so to read at a time. And I hate to Pull into the station and have to go to work when I'm right in the middle of a big chapter.
1: there you go so right.
3: the style in in the world of writing right now is very short chapters. so these chapters are probably ranging anywhere from some as short as four or five pages oh uh, so yeah, so uh you know it's just wow. it's just the way the world reads
2: these days, you know people <laughs> don't open.
3: A book and read a twenty-five, thirty-page chapter anymore.
2: You're absolutely right, and they don't it's with anything. I mean, like I've had people contact me about this show here, and they say I love to listen to this while I'm jogging because the hour is just perfect time. You know, I put on my uh, headset <laughs> and I go out jog, and the hour is just perfect for my jog. And
0: yeah, you're
1: Excellent. right.
2: People uh, people are not into. Long time-consuming things. They just, you know, they want that. They want to be able to set it down and not have to worry about right.
3: They, they, they want it in manageable bites. You know, right. they want it to fit in into a very busy schedule. They yeah. still want to do it, but they just aren't willing to devote two or three hours to it, whatever it may it, be.
2: And that's very true. I, I find that well in, in myself also. I you know I'll sit down and dedicate a little bit of time to reading, but I something comes up and you don't always get the freedom of silence so you can read. So when you have that short little things sure. there, it makes it easier.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm.
2: I, yeah, yeah, definitely understand that. Um,
3: how well, long? The new world, even. If...
2: Go ahead. No, I just was, how long have you been working on this novel from, well, you mentioned it a year ago, October, that you were looking at doing. It
3: it was coalescing in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after a few more good bottles of wine, it began to actually spill out onto the computer. And I uh, I started writing it. So I've I've been writing it for a full year anyway. Uh And I had written the entire thing. Uh, and then wasn't completely happy with part of it, so I went back and rewrote that, and then I took a a little break and then went back with a real hard eye and said, no, no. Uh, and I had a great uh, editor take a look at it as well, and I well, told him just, you know, stab me in the heart, uh, <laughs> you know, say what you want to say. Uh, because if if it's not fun and uh enjoyable and at the same time intellectually challenging and worth reading i don't want to put it out there so cool. uh he's he's been excellent as well so so i'm kind of uh close to uh close to wrapping it up very good what's the title close to wrapping it up yeah uh sommelier.
2: oh simple yeah but yeah. with all the the american sommiers and all the all the problems with that going on lately <laughs> is is that going to uh, uh no you know to... it,
3: it isn't except i'll tell you kind of as as an interesting aside uh originally in um Geez, I'm telling you all the inside secrets here. How do you manage to do that, Ron? Are you an interviewer or something? How does this work? No. No, not me. I just like didn't, to talk. I, I didn't read the instruction book before I got on tonight. All right. <laughs> Thank um, you. But, well, what was the question again, damn it?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, now i got to remember what I was talking about. Um, now, the uh, – uh, how long have you been writing, and is it uh, or oh, the American sommiers I mentioned you said it was not going to put a ah, yes, yes, yes. like okay.
3: yeah so so at one t- at one point, I was actually writing the you know court of Master Sommeliers as part of the storyline I mean oh, a were you were you on that part <laughs> yeah, yeah, now it, it wasn't a prominent part. they were just mentioned because one of the psalms was trying to get a certification. Uh-huh. So it was just kind of mentioned in that context uh, within the plot itself, and uh, I've decided to change that. Uh, yes. I tell you, unfortunately, and this this is really a sad thing, uh, although apparently quite a necessary thing and overdue at the same time. But uh, what a toxic environment, you know. Uh oh, I know. Everything I just... that. W- Everything wow. wine should not be unfortunately um, you know uh, to me, wine is about sharing and it's about friendship and it's about laughter and it's about uh, wonderful flavors and and great meals together and and camaraderie and conviviality and you know let me let me wax uh poetic here a little longer that that to me is the heart and soul of wine you know and. Oh, and you know, as I say, the you know the magic of wine happens in your uh, heart, not in your head. Then what's been going on uh, with uh, the Psalm situation is everything
2: else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and everything else not. I, I subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle online simply because the San Francisco Chronicle is just right there and it has stuff about wine in it almost every day sure. it, it, it you know it's i pick up a lot of information yeah. from them and because they were right there they had a lot written about the psalms and what was going on and everything else and i haven't seen it anywhere else so that's one of the reasons i'm happy i subscribed to it but it's mm-hmm. really really sad who do I got? That's nobody I want to talk to. Why don't I just hang that up? Why aren't you hanging up? There you go. Um, but it's just, it's really sad what it's done just to some days, period. I mean, it's not, people oh, don't sure. just look at that one group. Uh, they are just, it's. Uh, let's see it, it's like Florida Florida has a hurricane up in the panhandle then the attitude is that we are all blowing down to the ground and don't come and visit us until we repair everything sure and right. and that's the yeah. same yeah. thing with this A thing that yeah. you know they read that and sure. they think oh it's all a, psalms are jerks you know
3: yeah it, it's it's affected everybody I think in the uh Certainly, within the community of psalms, but in the restaurant community uh larger unfortunately, the restaurant community has been dealing with its with other issues here in the last uh couple of years so uh, in a way, maybe that's good you know uh these these psalms have been out of the picture because everyone in the restaurant world's been out of the picture thanks to uh yeah. thanks to covid so who knows maybe the timing there's timing on any such thing as this uh, is such that it will do less damage and then we'll just start seeing a whole new crop of sommeliers come on the scene. And we're seeing that quite a bit already, which is wonderful. We are. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's really great. There there are, you know, it, it's almost, it's putting the fun into it. Uh, which is one of the great things with some of these these fun, young sommeliers. You know, you you and I were raised in the era when there couldn't have been anyone more sour or dour uh, (laughs) or intimidating in the restaurant world than the old Euro sommelier
1: who wore the...
3: the Tess on a chain around his neck
2: right. and look, <laughs> right.
3: looked down his nose at you, regardless of what you ordered and God forbid you should ask a know. question. Yeah. 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 And the, and the, 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 bow tie. the little tuxedo yeah. jacket cinched up too tight. And, yeah. and, yeah. um, so now, yeah. I mean, you, you see, well, I went in the other, not the other day. It was a few months ago, but I went into this restaurant and, uh, The psalm was this wonderful, vivacious, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all, but just lively, jazzed-up lady who was probably no more than 24 or 25, (laughs) wild, spiked hair, you know, uh, crazy spiked hair and big, big crazy glasses. And, I mean, she was terrific. And (laughs) I think that uh, people like that are bringing fun back into the world of wine you know we don't have to look like uh you know we're we're old again not to beat up on anyone we don't have to look like we're old school teachers you know
1: They're right uh, we
3: can we can be people like you and 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 we just happen to love wine and we love to share uh, our knowledge about wine and uh, what do you have to eat anyway? And uh don't what kind of stuff do you normally like to drink? And, you know, I mean, they're just, they're, they're putting a lightness uh, back into the world of, of uh, the sommelier. So uh, you know, done. maybe, uh, yeah, maybe what's happened with the court is uh, the work of Kali, the God Kali, uh, I am not sure if you're familiar with the god Kali a Hindu yeah, goddess of destruction am, yeah. who who cleaned out the you know the rotten and the old so that the new could thrive and blossom so
2: and maybe that's, I guess what's that's happening. One, maybe one
3: way we can look at them.
2: get get some of these these old ones out there yeah. I, I you know and you're right that's funny I, I was really laughing quite a bit when you were describing those old sommiers cuz that's what i remember uh first coming in contact with any sommeliers and it was out in california many many years ago and it was like you were intimidated to approach them about anything if you wanted to learn about wine or something it was like excuse right. me sir m- may i have a moment you know and and it was <laughs> you know it wasn't they weren't approachable i mean you that's always a good Probably word not to use at all. About wine. You know, oh, this wine is very approachable. Mm-hmm. Never the sommeliers back then. I mean, it was just... Uh, no. Uh, no, so. they certainly
3: weren't. They certainly <laughs> weren't.
2: And so uh, so I think that's a...
3: You know, I think if we look at it, take one step beyond mentioning the fact that, that a certain group, a prestigious group of sommeliers have had some serious problems. Uh, but and that's a terrible thing uh, and, but the good part of it is that it's kind of uh pushed them off the scene off the stage and allowed the entry of uh some other just wonderful uh terrific young l a a so and, and and you know what jeez, it's a young person's game i mean let yeah. let let the next generation have their have their go at it, man, you know. Uh, yeah, no do more, you really no want to be? Yeah. Do you really want to be fifty-five or sixty on the restaurant floor? You know, until yeah. two o'clock in the morning every night. I mean, when does that get old?
2: You know, at what point in your life you say, <laughs>
1: eh,
2: "Not so much fun anymore." <laughs> not is Not fun. You know. Yeah, I know. That, that's a good point. You know, the sad thing I think about this is um, uh, masters of Some ages whole thing, is the number of women that dropped out of the program yep. and those who gave up the certifications and stuff like that. Because uh, I've seen women and their taste are so much more pronounced than most men. And mm-hmm. and it
3: mm-hmm. really
2: mm-hmm. saddens me to see women not continue because of something like that. Because I'm sure that they can bring out stuff and talk about stuff that uh, a man will go, oh, oh, okay, and just sort of dismiss it. Mm -hmm. uh, So it's, you know, I think the main thing about all this is the fact that so many women have, like I said, gave up their certifications or have dropped out of the program and stuff. I mean, the article I was reading in the Chronicle, the San Francisco Chronicle, was mentioning the number of women that were not pursuing it anymore and I thought, well, you mm-hmm. know, surely there are other programs that you can get into. That-
3: well, the, yes, there are, and I, I think that a lot of those uh, a lot of those women have just taken a different path. They realize yeah. that you know that particular organization uh, just isn't uh, the one they want to be associated with. That it's uh, it's an archaic, uh, you know attitude boys club. and relationship uh yeah. yeah definitely a boys club in all the worst ways right uh but there are yeah. you know i mean let's face it sommelier is a job it's a job description you don't have to have a license to be a sommelier That's you know true. if you've been trained on premises wonderful if you've Got a friend who's been teaching you wine. If you've been in the wine business, you don't need to have a pin from an organization saying do you have the smarts <laughs> to do that.
1: Uh, you know, no and if
3: you want a pin, there are other organizations that have pins as well. So yeah. you know, there's no shortage of pins out there uh, if you look around. But uh, and, and, you know, many you of know. the really interesting wine people don't have any of those certifications.
2: And I don't. I'll I'll be the first to admit I don't have any of those certifications because I do not test well. Yeah, I've always there been very go. important mm-hmm. testing and you know, those <laughs> are a test. I mean most of your certifications for your pen is a test. And I sure. am horrible sure. at testing. But, you know, I have the knowledge I've but yet you with- but yet you drink so well. Yes, I do, but you know that I don't know if that requires any type of training.
3: <laughs> well, it's it, it, Well, but but that's the experience factor. Yeah. That's the factor. Ultimately, probably tell, teaches you more. You know, how long have you been drinking this wine? What do you know about it? What do you know about the region where it came from? That's the, you know that's stuff that if you're interested, as you well know, uh, you that's that information's all readily available if you want to grab it and, and, and uh, immerse yourself in it, uh, whether it's right. by traveling to wine regions yourself or by reading wine books or by taking wine courses uh, of various kinds, in person, online, whatever it may be. Uh, there's a lot of ways to learn about wine, but they all, in order to, to really set the lesson, they all require that you taste it, that you right. drink it, that you know yeah. what you're talking about, you know? So if you're good yeah. at that, you got half the battle. you got
2: half the battle covered. And, and that's just it. I mean, in all the years, I tell people, when I, was, uh, when I had the winery, I used to teach a class every month and, uh, to people who wanted to expand their their knowledge and stuff. And one of the things I used to emphasize a lot was when you taste wine, Make notes. Always make notes. Mm -hmm. It gives you something to refer to. It gives you a basis. And that way you always know. Great advice. Yeah. It gives you a chance to say, I think I've had this wine. You look at your notes. And with computers now, you can set up your own little program and just pull up whatever you want and say, oh, I've had this before, I love this, or, ooh, I wasn't real thrilled with this, but this is a new year, maybe this mm-hmm. will be better, and you know, take notes. It, it's sure. so important.
3: Uh, well, wow. hell, you can do it now on your cell phone, you know, you can get an app to
2: do, to
3: take notes, and, and uh, you know, I think that there are, you're so right on when you talk about that, because <clears throat> to me, the importance of taking notes is that it forces you to pay attention. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. real easy to drink a glass of something and just enjoy it and not really give it any mind in particular. And that's when you come back, you know, a week or 10 days later and you say, God, what was that wine we had? It was really good. I really liked it. I, I don't remember the name, but uh, I don't, uh, I'm not sure what the <laughs> bottle looked like, but uh, exactly. it was really good. Do you remember what that was? No, you know, I don't so remember. I... If, <laughs> yeah. But if you're taking notes on wines, you know, and and it doesn't have to be some big highfalutin note taking. It can it can be as, as simple as, as you want to make it, you know, but it can be gee, you know, delicious, uh, fruity, uh had a lot of tannins, but they worked well and I like it.
2: Or right, something fine. as simple this was really good. I need to buy more and you can make yourself a note right. of that. And yeah. You can, you know, next time yeah. you're out, pick up more. I mean, it's give it a, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You know, that's all that an emoji. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Uh, in the fact that but it does
3: you think it, about it. It, it. Right. It, it, before you do that, you're going to think about it a little bit. And if you right. do write more, slightly more formal notes, it really makes you think about it because <laughs> you want to know, what are these flavors that I'm, that I'm, uh, experiencing here? And if you're curious and you run across the flavor that's familiar, but you can't name it right away, that'll really get you thinking, you know, what is this? What is this? I know this flavor. I know this aroma. I just can't put my finger on it. You know, and then you, you wrestle around with that and, and, uh, you come up with oh it's the nougat candy my grandfather used to share with me when i was a kid <laughs> i mean that's go. a great revelation quite frankly yeah. you know yeah. uh well nougat candy where's who where are you going to get a nougat well probably from some oak uh you know probably uh so whatever i mean it's just it, it really helps you learn more uh
2: it does it does and you know the thing is i tell people also and i, I continuously tell them don't Pay a whole lot of attention to different flavors that people mention to you because you don't always understand what those flavors are and what those aromas are. It's like I always like to point out, someone says, this smells like someone has scraped off the inside of a banana peel. And mashed it up between their fingers. Well, <laughs> well, you you may have never. You're scraped not off the that damn Beaujolais anymore, are you? <laughs> yeah. You, you you may never have scraped off a banana peel and mashed it between your fingers, and so therefore you can't relate to that flavor or that nose. You know. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't yeah. know it, then you know, pick out something you do know, something you do understand and it, mm-hmm. it gives it gives you a chance to label the wine and describe the wine and a lot of times those descriptions i used to again back to the class i used to pull out a bottle of wine and blind taste everybody and i said tell me tell me what you what you're smelling on and, and it was it was wonderful all these people who said well i don't know anything about that after at the end of the class we're getting out of the bottle, and the class was like two hours long Two, two and a half, mm-hmm. and they would uh, – no, somebody's calling it – no, it's not that. Uh, house line. They're calling um, to sign
3: up her. for the class. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, she'll pick it up and hang it up real fast there. Um, but it just – it's – the f- descriptions that these novices were coming up with were just wonderful. I always loved that part of the class. Because they would bring out stuff and they'd point out stuff that I would never consider, and they would get pick up aromas, and I, I would, you know, mm-hmm. say, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good thing." I never captured that aroma myself, yeah. and, and yeah. so it's always fun when they start describing stuff, and I, I really thought that that was one of the best parts of any of the classes I t- taught was when these people were explaining the wine how they pictured it and how they sure. uh, yeah. got it uh you know
3: well and if they're fairly new drinkers they don't know what the expected answers are to those questions
2: true and as
3: you get into the wine world you know everyone's going to drop the same thing oh it's cabernet well gee it must be red or black currant and some blackberry and da-da-da-da-da,
2: maybe right. a little uh, hint of uh, vegetable note in there. And, yeah, da, da. and I'm picking up uh, okay, oak well, and you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right, right, which tells, tells you absolutely nothing. But if they say, wow, yeah, that smells like the, uh, uh, I don't know, the aroma when my wife's Teflon pan gets too hot on the oven or Something crazy yeah. like this, you know, yeah, You're right. It, 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 it smells like. I mean, they they come up with these things. That, exactly. Yes, they surprise me. Me too. You know, you go, oh, geez, okay. Yeah. I never considered yeah. that at all. And, and, and you're actually, exactly. you're actually right. I mean, yeah. yeah. So they teach uh, as well as learn, and that's uh, that's one of the fun aspects of teaching classes is how much you can learn by observing your your students, once they get to the point of being relaxed enough to, you know, realize there's no right or wrong answers, it's just whatever works for you.
2: And, and that's so funny you say relaxed enough because I I could never get that response from them if I served the wine at the beginning of the class because they would think that they would be wrong in what they say. Right. And and mm-hmm. so often I would get people, I said, and even – in the winery during tastings or something, and I go, "What are you picking up on this?" And that, no, I I don't know. I'm I'm probably wrong. No, you're not wrong. It's just right. something that people think that when it comes to wine, they can't describe it because they don't know all the catchwords like you were just saying about a cab or something, and so they think they're yeah. wrong. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, toward the end of the class, after explaining stuff to them and all that, and it wasn't you know an in-depth class. I just different points and sure. at the yep. end they felt that Inter- they introductory class yeah exactly that's all it was and at the end I said okay now I'll describe this wine and they felt that they could do it and feel comfortable with it and so it, it was always fun I enjoyed that tremendously when they were describing stuff so yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I miss that mm-hmm. that's one of the things I miss about the winery is uh, not having the classes anymore yeah uh,
3: well you can always you can always teach classes. I could. You know. Yeah. We, maybe we get a new career path for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's just what I need. <laughs> but then I'd have to go out and buy exactly. a bow tie and get a little cup for my neck and and you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So what have you been drinking lately? Anything interesting? No, no well, yeah. Uh Quite a bit of different things. I stay with a lot of reds, but we pulled out some whites. And actually, uh, my wife and I picked up a bottle of sake about a month ago. And we opened that up. And we have been tasting and drinking a bottle of sake, which has been fascinating. I not Mm have been a sake drinker in my life and we were at a tasting and they uh, had sake and so we bought a bottle of sake and my wife's, and actually it was right before COVID hit we were at this tasting we bought a bottle and a couple of weeks ago my wife said we need to drink the sake and I said okay so we opened it up started drinking and I was fascinated by all the flavor profiles and everything that the Saki was bringing out. It was so yeah, different. Yeah. It's pretty
3: amazing. The beverage. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, different.
3: I, I know, I know next to nothing about Saki, although at, at one point in time I studied it a little bit so that I could at least tell you what the, the major differences were, uh,
2: mm-hmm. theoretically
3: and in, in manufacture and, and style. Uh, but at the time, it, it was uh, very fascinating uh, in that sake is a really complicated drink. Very, or I shouldn't <laughs> say complicated. I should say complex.
1: It has complex, a wonderful yeah.
3: complexity to it. Yeah, yeah it, it really is uh, it, it's quite interesting. And uh, so that's always fun. I like, <clears throat> you know, I think that's another great lesson uh to pass on to your listeners. uh, And that is to try and be open to new experiences in the wine and beverage world. You know, it's easy to get into that rut of always drinking Merlot or always drinking Chardonnay or whatever your always drink is. And, uh, you know, we all Fall into that a little bit because it's familiar and it's comfortable, and most people like to have things that are familiar and comfortable.
2: Especially at uh, these you times. Step too,
3: out of your, yeah. Oh, sure, absolutely, yeah. it's reassuring. Yeah, but yeah. if you step out of your comfort zone a little bit, just in terms of of what you're trying, you know, yeah. next time you go to the you go to the let's say if you shop at a at a grocery store uh for wine and of course we know grocery stores have in some cases pretty terrific selections these days uh, you know w- w- yeah look on a different shelf i mean if you yeah. normally buy you know whatever go to a different shelf uh go into a, into your local wine store whether you shop at you know a big place like total wines or you've got a really nice little neighborhood shop with some very dedicated uh winos or wine aficionados running it just get in there and and try something that is new to you or that you've always heard about uh uh that you've never had a chance to try uh you know whether it doesn't matter what it is it Could it's just the point is to expand your own experience again we talked about drinking we're kind of coming back around full circle
1: mm-hmm. uh
3: Drinking is an experience, and the more types and styles you try and taste, the more you're going to be comfortable with all of it and the more you're going to learn about all of it. But, you know, have you had a wine from Lebanon? Eh, Go find one. Have you had a wine from Israel? Some pretty good stuff being made. How about Brazil or Peru or Mexico? Uh, I mean, there's wine made in many places that people don't even think about canada right uh you know uh, certainly absolutely how about new zealand you've been drinking a lot of stuff from new zealand or you've been trying anything from uh you know a region that you just normally don't experience maybe chile uh who knows maybe uruguay Uh, but just try something different something new because there's there's, there's wonderful stuff being made all over the world, and we really oh, yeah. do ourselves a disservice if we stick to half a dozen usual suspects from the same usual wine regions.
2: And, uh, and you it's know, just so
3: much fun to,
2: to emphasize what you were saying there too. If you're unfamiliar with these different regions and all that, then if you're normally buying a cabernet all the time, then try a cabernet from these other regions and see the influence of the region on that Cabernet. And, you know, if you don't want to branch out to another type of wine, then you can see that the differences in styles and all that from a cab from, say, Chile, as opposed to mm-hmm. one from from Napa. And then you can try mm-hmm. a Carmenere from Chile and be really, really surprised at how, how good that is. And, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. You know, people so often, and I, I preach this so much. People so often walk into the store and start looking at different wines on the shelf, and look and pick up the bottle and uh, read a little bit of the bottle and look at the label and set it back on the shelf and walk over and pick up another one, and do the same thing, and then before they walk out of the store, or, you know, walk out of the wine aisle, they'll go over, they'll grab their default wine, the one that they always right. buy. And the one that they know is going to yep. what it's going to taste like, and throw that in the basket, and then leave the wine out. And I mm-hmm. just tell people, don't do that. That bottle you picked up and yeah, read the label on, that. <laughs> put that in your basket. You know that.
3: Give it a try. Mm-hmm. You,
2: you you may mm-hmm. be more surprised than you really expect to be by trying something different. It's just I, I'm and always I think talking. you will
3: almost always be pleasantly surprised. Yes. Uh yes. It's not that every new wine you try is going to be stupendous, but every new wine that you try is going to challenge your taste buds a little differently. It, you and, know, it's going to be like, okay, you've you've been eating nothing but black licorice for ten years. Well, now, what <laughs> if you had some red licorice with frosting on it? Oh, oh my that's gosh. interesting. Oh. I mean, you know, it, Is that it's still licorice, licorice but uh, yeah. it, it, it could have a, a completely different and unexpected uh, flavor profile. So it's, right. it's, uh, it's kind of fun. We yeah. did an interesting thing in Thanksgiving. Uh, I had been on, oh, I don't know, three or four shows, uh, talking about you know the usual seasonal thing of, of picking wines for Thanksgiving, right? Uh, and people stress too much about that, but nonetheless, do. Thanksgiving <laughs> no, do. is a, yeah. is a great is is a great opportunity because the meal is uh, such a melange of of things, you know. Yeah, you've got, I just. Earthy flavors and you've got sweet flavors and you've got sour flavors and you've got, you know, gravy and turkey and Brussels sprouts and peas and ham and glazed carrots and string beans with crumpled up onion rings on them or, you know, whatever it is. It's a very, very, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really a great opportunity to get some wines out and play with them. So, you know, I've been talking a lot about, oh, you know, this and that and and, and so forth as, as you might imagine. So, the uh the day before Thanksgiving, my wife asked me, "Well, what are we going to have for Thanksgiving?" <laughs> now, it was, th- this year was a very quiet year because we have friends who can't travel or won't travel right now and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh so we ended up just having a, a quiet, wonderful meal together. She's She's a pretty terrific cook. And we had a wonderful meal together. And what we pulled out, the only wine we put on the table, because there were just two of us. I mean, normally if we'd had at least two or three other people there, I would have pulled out two or three more bottles. I'd love to, you know, put a whole series of things on the table, put up, uh, you know, a white, two or three reds, maybe a big rich red, uh, you know, and a lighter more supple yeah. red and things like that. You know, I like to, yeah, just let people try and Pour yourself a glass and see how you like that with the food. But what we ended up going with was a Kisi, K-I-S-I, from the Republic of Georgia. Oh! And this, yeah, terrific. This is a wine that is made, as wine has been made in Georgia for we know at least eight thousand years, wow, uh, in a in a terracotta, a big terracotta vessel buried in the ground, wow and uh, Kesi is, is a white grape, but mm-hmm. because they throw in the skins and the stems, it acquires its wonderful amber color, and of course, Georgia is the home, the real as well as spiritual home of amber wine, which we sometimes butcher and call orange wine. Orange wine, yeah. Uh, orange wine is that, that's, common that's, that's now, yeah. Right. Now, that, that's where it all comes from, and that's where it all started. Uh, okay. But it was so interesting because, uh, obviously, with all those skin, skins and stems, you get a, a tremendous dose of polyphenols that you're not normally going to get <laughs> in a white
2: wine. In a white, or so, rosé, you know, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's very, it's very interesting to take a sip of this and get uh, whacked with some really big tannins. I mean, that's oh really? just kind of – it's counterintuitive. Um, <laughs> but the flavors and the aromas are wonderful. Uh, it, it ends up smelling uh, like forest floor, like dried leaves, like a walk through the forest. Wow. Uh, the fruity aspect of it is more like apricots and uh, maybe cooked apples and things like that. So it, it's that, that savory side of fruit rather than that bright, fruity, fruity side of fruit. And uh, it just is such a wonderful accompaniment to, as I say, you know, those Brussels sprouts or turkey and gray, you know, whatever it is. It's a different pairing experience than your mouth is probably used to. But I'm so glad we uh, selected that bottle because it was just a fabulous experience to have. And it added another dimension to the meal. And it was just because we chose not to have something that we normally would drink.
2: Right. Yeah. I Yeah. You know, bringing that up, that's that's a good, and I'm definitely going to go out and see if I can't find it. K I Z I. You say Uh,
3: the grape is K I S I. S I -I, K I S I. Yep. And Uh, uh, if you're, if you're on the hunt for Georgian wine, uh, what you want to find is something that is made in quevery, which is spelled Q-V-E-V-R-I. And that's okay. the big terracotta vessel sunken into the ground. Oh, very um,
2: good. I, I, will yeah. definitely, so, I will definitely look for that. I, that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we had yeah. You know, most of the people on my family, actually my my wife's side of the family. Most of them are not wine drinkers. I am, and I try to mm-hmm. introduce them to different ones and all that. And I always bring a sweet wine because everyone yeah, tends thinking. to gravitate yep. toward the sweet, and so I always bring a sweet wine. Mm-hmm. And, and this year, I <laughs> this year I brought a Gewurztraminer and. Uh, it uh, a little uh, bit sweeter yeah. style of and everyone, oh, this is good, but it's not as sweet as I like. I <laughs> said, okay, we'll add a pack of sugar to <laughs> it, <coin."> but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, it was it, yeah. something different. But then, my wife and I had uh, had some turkey, actually, almost a complete another dinner the next day, uh, which was fun. We could go. Tomorrow, uh, we had a, and opened up a bottle of Chilean Carmenere. I love nice. Carmenere, and yeah, with the yeah, yeah. the ham and the turkey that we warmed up with mm-hmm. it, and all the other the fixins as they go. Um, all that Air yeah. just balanced so well, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I uh, that is. Actually, I I would love to say that's my go-to wine, but I never have enough of it uh, on hand to go to as much as I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And you can't always find the good stuff.
1: Uh, no,
3: not no. that the bad stuff is bad. It's just that there is, you know, there are quality tiers. And uh, you know, you don't, I mean, for for your folks listening, I mean, Carmenere is not an expensive wine necessarily. No, you can no, buy a really. wonderful bottle and in the teens, uh, yes, yes. you know, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to be putting out 40 or $50 for a bottle of wine there at all. No. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's lovely. It, it's very nice stuff. Um, for those who have never tried it, I, I would probably describe it as saying that it's, it's kind of like a lean, uh, a lean Merlot with a little bit more personality than Merlot has.
1: Yeah, a little in fact, they used too. to,
3: yeah, a little pepperiness and a little, uh, a little, uh, savory element to it. Yes. Uh, a little vegetal note sometimes and some lovely red fruit. And yeah, one time they thought that, uh, in, in Chile, they actually mislabeled a lot of Carmenere as Merlot. They, they did, weren't really yeah. sure what, what the heck it was. And, I guess they did some uh, uh, some genetic studies back, no, oh, early, like 2004 or five.
2: It was early 2000s, it, yeah. Was it
3: around then?
2: Yeah. It was when they the things,
3: discovered exactly what it was,
2: yeah. One one of the things that really was surprising them all the time is that the common Carminera- would mature and be ready to pick like two weeks before the Merlot. And they was always wondering why half the Merlot was yeah. ready so soon and the other half wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. started well, checking into it. And then they did the genetic studies and found out what it was. But it's uh, it, originally from France. And when uh, they brought it over from France, they actually mixed up the clippings and had it all in Merlot. And they called it all Merlot uh, for... A number of uh, years, and then yeah, and then they separated. It's funny. I I like Carmenere so much, but the uh, Minister of Wine of Chile, and I always love that. I would love to have that title, the Minister of Wine for a country. I mean, can you imagine? But <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Minister of Wine of Chile said the Carmenere could be the signature wine for Chile. Or it could be just another run-of-the-mill wine, and I'm afraid to say it's the latter. And I've always been disappointed in that description that he gave for Carmenere. But um, yeah, yeah. You, you well, know, I think
3: that was that a number of years ago. He said that it
2: was. Uh, yeah, it was. I
3: hope not recently. No, no. It because about- it's like anything else. I, when when a wine region discovers a new grape that they've maybe just been blending in automatically just because it was there but they realize it's something else there's always someone who's going to try to uh do a single varietal on it and and just see right. what they can do with it you know what they can get out of it or what it's what it's capable of and certainly they've been uh uh making some uh crazy carmen experiments in chile in the last 20 years and oh. and they really understand Understand the grape so much better now, and where it grows well, and the soil it likes, and how to treat it in fermentation. And it, it it is a lovely, yeah.
2: I'm I'm a fan as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I've been a, yeah, been a fan of Carmenere for about twenty years now. Has it been that long? Oh yeah, it has. Gosh, I can't believe it's have been that been long. Have you been to No, I have not. No. I would uh, love, to, next, love to go down to this your the, next the, trip. Yes, uh the Carmenere I uh, tasted was from the Anacongua Valley. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's uh really uh a, a winery down there that we dealt with at uh at the winery I, I, I had. And the people who ran it sent me a whole bunch of videos and stuff and it was just it was fascinating they they said that you can walk start walking toward the river and the closer you get to the river the more the temperature changed because the river was from snowmelt in the mountains and it was so much cooler the closer you got to the river and the vineyards mm-hmm. actually reacted differently the closer to the river that you were as opposed to being further away. And just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things like that were just so fascinating. I mean, it's just a great concept of how the grape will be different just from the, the coolness of the river. So,
3: right. yes. Right,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that is it, not... A, it's a pretty...
3: Pretty terrific wine region. I mean, all of Chile yeah. is actually. All of Chile but, is. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, the central region now. Yeah, now they're getting down pretty far south. Uh, yeah. Both yeah. in Chile and Argentina, they're planting down in Patagonia now, and
2: are they really, really doing some cool
3: that. climate things? Oh yeah, yeah, they're oh, doing wow. some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, trying Pinots, but they're also doing some real cool climate Syrahs and things like that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Pretty pretty nice. We we were yeah. fortunate enough to go to Chile a few years back, and were you? Uh, what we did yeah. was uh, yeah, we flew to Santiago mm-hmm. uh, from Miami, and pretty straight shot, right? Uh, and then we uh, spent oh I don't know about ten days in Chile. Uh, uh, visiting various wine regions and, and so forth and, and wineries, and it was really terrific. And then we took a little uh, puddle jump. Well, not it was a big puddle jumper uh, for an hour flight from Chile over the Andes to Mendoza, Argentina. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we went from, you know, Cab, Syrah, Carmenere, Uh, to uh, Malbec and Bonarda Uh uh, country, which was very interesting, you know. Uh, I I mean, the Andes are obviously pretty stunning, but uh, Mendoza is is a great place, too. And it's it's a very fun drive. I'd love to drive it sometime, uh, but you can, you can. There is a road that will go right across there.
2: Um, Over the Andes? Yes, yep. Is there? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, a road oh, wow. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But huh. uh, the fun of exploring wineries and wine regions is is uh, really kind of hard to describe. You know, you no talk awesome. to anyone who's been to a, a wine region and whatever it is, maybe it's Tuscany or maybe it's Rivera del Loro or, you know, uh, Yara Yara or, you know, wherever. It's just so interesting because wineries – thank goodness uh tend to be in beautiful places yes and uh it gives, well, it gives yeah. you a chance to visit some wonderful places and to speak with really for the most part very open friendly people who share a common interest with you so
2: wine wine great. people are the most open friendly people i mean this show i have interviewed so many people over the years and Mm-hmm. There's. <laughs> there's been one interview that I did. I was talking to a young man who was – who. Uh, I want to say he was the vineyardist or the uh, work, in, work in the back. I can't remember his title and all that. And I got him on the right. show. And most everyone I'll sit there and I'll start talking to, I'll ask a question, and they'll take it and they'll run with it and they'll talk, you know. Details and all that. <laughs> this young man was just the opposite. I said, "So, uh, how long have you been at the winery? Ten years." Oh, <laughs> how did you start? One word guy, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did you start? Well, I applied and they hired me. And it was oh my. That's the way it was all the way through, and it was just like oh my guys, you know, it's okay if you talk more here, it's it's fine, but otherwise, I've always. People are open. They're they're friendly. They like talking about their wines. They like talking about their wineries, and it's just mm-hmm. the whole business. And you mentioned those other regions, but let's not forget a couple too. Let's not forget like the Finger Lakes or areas. Oh in, yeah, throughout Absolutely. throughout the sure. country. I mean, there the Escarpment the, the, uh, yep. Grand in Mason, Canada, in Colorado, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, go up to, you know, to Michigan. You know, and, there's,
3: there's some wonderful Rhone varietals being grown oh, in Texas right now. Yeah,
2: the hill country. You know, they uh, have.
3: Oh, and they've. What's very interesting is the wine. The wine evolution in Texas has been terrific. In this, oh, when they came in, as a lot of wine regions in the U.S. do, new ones. They want to be little Napa's, so yep. they plant Chardonnay and and Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. Well, you know, Texas isn't really the best terroir for Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon. So it took them a few years to figure that out, but now they're they're focusing much more on uh, Rhone varietals, right. you know, Syrah, Grenache, uh, uh, seen So, things like that, and and they're making some really nice stuff. Go, you know, Fredericksburg and that, that area, uh, about an hour outside of uh, Austin. Uh, terrific wine region terrific wine
2: region Uh, and they are so uh, so good and the sad thing is they don't make enough so most of it never makes it out of Texas if you want to try any of the Texan wines you really have to go to Texas because they sell everything Mm -hmm. there and very few of the cases of wine make it outside to be sold anywhere else
1: yeah, and you're
2: right. Yeah, the always... last time I
3: was there, I, I ended up grabbing a few bottles at at a wine store in the airport on my way out
1: because <laughs> yeah. I didn't
3: realize I had, I had tried some really good stuff and I just wasn't going to find it anywhere.
2: That's right. So, you, you know, that was and, kind of the last they, grab. Yeah. You know. And the sad thing is that happens a lot of places, though, like, like Virginia. Virginia is making some yeah, beautiful wines yeah. right now. And you can't find them yes, anywhere because every one that they make, they sell to Virginians and or people who yeah. come across the border and Michigan, yeah. uh, Michigan and Minnesota. Those mm-hmm. are some mm-hmm. wonderful cold weather wines, and you can't find them anywhere because they don't make enough to yeah. ship around the country, it. which is really sad. I mean, that I, I wish. Well, we it,
3: had. But that, I think that's part of the lesson for your listeners too. Is that there's some really terrific wine being made all over the United States, as you mentioned? you know, Michigan, Virginia, uh, uh, I mean, Texas,
2: Colorado, Colorado.
3: Uh, Ohio, Missouri. Yeah. I mean the first AVA in the United States was in Missouri. I mean, Missouri. These places have some history, and they're making some terrific stuff, but you're right, they don't make enough for it to get distributed anywhere outside their own region. So they're sucking up all the good juice and you're getting nothing. So if you want to try some of these really interesting wines, you have to go there.
2: Uh, You
3: you, you need to go there. Uh,
2: And you you don't have to fly over the the ocean or down to Chile. You can do it in this country and find some great wines in different areas. and uh, and probably get Sounds like it's time for a road trip to me. It, yeah, I'm talking myself into it here. you know. that's uh, you yeah, know, Even road, even, trip. It, road trip, baby. Even, the road trip. Yeah, you know, winery road trip. That's most of the time when my wife get yeah. out on the road and do stuff. It's two wineries. It's not.
3: It's not anything else. All I'll right, have
2: to go to wineries. Yep. But, but yeah, yeah uh, if you
3: if you can get around the country at all, uh, you know, and in Florida, I mean, come yeah. on, you got how many wineries are in Florida in these days? And how much better is the wine being made in Florida now than it was 20 years ago?
2: It's amazing. Yes, it really is amazing. And in fact, we're actually there's a, a winery not too far from uh, I live north of Tampa, not too far from here. He's growing and making a Norton, and they said you can't do that. Uh, and, wow! And and he is. He's <laughs> growing the Norton grape and making the Norton wine. i mean you know, it's just uh, the knowledge that people have and that's just one example but the knowledge that people have around the country of being able to get grapes to grow in areas and come out with a great wine from it is phenomenal uh yeah so
3: yeah it really is it's uh it, it's pretty terrific have you ever heard of the book the wild vine
2: yes i have it's by a I, guy
3: by by a todd kleeman
2: Yes. Yes, I have. It, uh, uh,
3: okay. Yeah, that's all about Norton and its development in yeah. the U.S. That's why I mentioned and how that. it yeah. came
2: how it came about and and, uh, and how it spread and you know yeah yeah yep. yeah of, yes kind of I have evolution. I, in I've read that book. Oh geez, some time ago. It's been out for a while. and I read that some time ago. Oh yeah, it's not new.
3: Yeah. No, it's been out not, at, not least, at all. At least
2: ten years, I would say. Yeah yeah I, in fact maybe mm-hmm. even a little longer than that because mm-hmm. in fact i'm sure it's longer than that because we opened the winery in 2001 and i read the book shortly after that because we were talking about norton and, and it it's funny mention norton grape uh i was talking to somebody on the program about Norton. They they said that they make a very dry Norton. And I go, a dry Norton? And they go, yes. They said it probably sells faster Mm -hmm. than their sweet Norton. And I was Mm -hmm. surprised. Uh, He said it's it's very... Well, actually,
3: all the Norton that... that, Yeah, the Norton that I like is all dry.
2: And they do... they Yeah, I first ran into
3: some really good Norton in... Virginia.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. That. Uh
3: and there's a winery there called Horton. Oh. And so they make Horton Horton's Norton. <laughs> uh, which is a lovely dry wine. Uh, I think Barbersville may also do a dry Norton. Uh Barbersville of course another uh really, really excellent winery uh in Virginia. In Virginia yeah. So yeah, I I'm yeah, I'm not I mean, I like a little sweet dessert wine once in a while, but otherwise I'll try to find the dry version of something. And Norton is a really nice dry wine.
2: I've heard that. I have not had the opportunity to try a dry Norton. I've had the sweet Nortons, but uh, people mention it to me, and I really need to make a trip to Virginia. There's another road trip for me. (laughs) (laughs) And get some dry Norton up there. But it's uh, there's just some wonderful wines around the country that people can try. And going to wineries, I always suggest this, too. You know, you go into a winery and it gives you an opportunity to try different wines and taste different wines that you normally wouldn't walk into a store and pick up. And mm-hmm. that, that's a good way to do it, too. Instead of buying a bottle of something you might not like, you walk into a winery and try their... <sighs> their menu of wines and make, make notes, make notes. And you can yeah, always yep. find some more that way too. So, Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you might,
3: that's it. You know, if you, if you try half a dozen wines, you might find one or two or three that you really like take a few right. bottles uh, to go with you. Or if, if that's not feasible, have them, ship them to you. I mean, and almost they, all wineries are happy to ship wine
2: to you. So, Oh yeah. Everywhere now, everywhere. It's so often. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to tell you something uh, before uh, we go out here. I was talking to a filmmaker, and he made a film about the Douro region of Portugal, and he was mm-hmm. born there. And he is a filmmaker by trade. He came out with different little his short films, and he made a longer one. Jeez, oh, uh, Mike, you're going to have to help me on this on the name of that that film. Uh, oh, jeez, I, I can't I'm think. Are oh, you looking? Okay, um, from the Portugal Portuguese, that yeah. one on, on port. It it was a beautiful Duro film. Valley. Yeah, from the yeah. Valley. Um, it was a beautiful film. He concentrated on the people. It really wasn't a whole lot about wine, but it did show wine. Mm-hmm. It showed the people picking the grapes and then uh, taking it and putting it in, into the barrels and doing different stuff. And that, that was the key to it. He right. was on the program, and we were talking, and he said, it's just... He was born and raised there, and and he he was so enamored by the area, obviously. But he told me something that took me aback. He said that they just discovered lithium in the area. And lithium is, as you know, the major component to electronics Mm -hmm. all over the world. And he said that he's scared. He's scared because... Lithium can give these people so much more money and with so much little work than (laughs) struggling with vineyards and making the port and all that. And he told me that. And I was was sad. I was sad that they found lithium in that area because that could ruin port as we know it. Well, it could.
3: Yeah, it could. It could. I'm going to give you one little drop of hope at least. Oh. It's so, I, I didn't know this about the Duro, Uh but you know that I'm currently in the great state of Maine. Mm-hmm. And w- within the last six months, they have discovered one of the largest known deposits of lithium in the state of Maine. Oh,
2: really? Oh, yes. wow. Yes. Well, that's and good. Maybe they'll tear up of Maine.
3: Well, well, maybe they won't, hopefully they won't tear up anything. But uh, if if they can figure out how to mine it in a in a responsible manner, uh, you know, it would it would perhaps provide an alternative that would make the lithium in the Duro less unique or less uh,
2: desirable. I hope so because, you know, so. as I understand now, lithium mining is just open strip mining. <laughs> they just destroy a region. Yeah, no, well, lithium. that's not good.
3: No, it All isn't. Right, well, and on. Screw we we don't want them here either.
2: Though. No, you don't. Yeah, you know, and I I understand that's how lithium is mined by open strip mines. So, I, but yeah, I heard that, yeah. and I just I wanted to share that with you. Of any place to find it in the Doral region. Of Portland, yeah, really. I, you know, I mean. Yeah. There's too much history. There's too much everything associated with port from that region to tear it up just because of lithium. So, so
3: well, maybe the, maybe you know the terrain is so extreme there. Uh, it is. The hillsides are so steep, and the river is so narrow and winding. Maybe just the logistics of mining there will dissuade them until some other. Deposit is found in an area that's wide open and
2: unpopulated and easier and all that good stuff. Better. Yeah, yeah. I certainly yeah. hope so. I certainly hope so. But he, he told me that at the end of at the end of the the show, he said, "Oh, by the way," and I thought, "Oh, that that really is sad. <laughs> that really is sad." Yeah. So so when is yeah. the book? Let's yeah. get back. When is the book coming out? When are you going to have a well, release the date? Well, as
3: I say, the book. No, we don't have a date yet, but the book will be sometime in the first half of twenty twenty two and uh we'll certainly get in touch with you and let you know oh, uh when we're when we're there because uh, I think you'll get a uh i think you'll get a kick out of it I think you'll enjoy the book a lot right, and, I forward uh, to it, right. so in the meantime you know i'm I'm continuing to to uh, do uh interviews et etc and show the other books and and, uh, you know, still getting a lot of pretty consistent uh, positive feedback on, uh, on what, what is out there in the market. So I'm going to have to live with that for a
2: while. Well, we continuously promote the online red and white wine uh, book, booklets that uh, you told me about. We promote those yeah. you know, two three times it. a month. And uh uh-huh. you know tell people about it. Um uh, but the uh your your new book here now, is this going to be in print or is it gonna be online or is it gonna be No, it'll uh, it'll
3: it'll be just just like Fifty Ways uh well no, fifty ways to love wine more is only in print. Uh uh-huh. no, the new book will be in print and it will also be uh at some point, I don't know if it will the first release, but it will certainly be an ebook as well. Okay. How uh, about no question. A, and, uh, and I'm thinking of an audio book.
2: That's what I'm just going to so, ask. What What about an yeah. audio book? Uh, you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, have someone someone read it. Uh, we had a guest on that wrote uh, Pino Rocks and. He had the great mm-hmm. fortune of having William Shatner uh, do his audio for him. So.
1: <laughs> well, that works. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, that
2: works. yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, a, uh, books on tape is, is always very popular for commuters and stuff like that, too. So. Yeah,
3: it is. It is. And although we have fewer commuters these days, it still That's seems to true. uh yeah. the, yeah. the audio book world... Uh, you know, it was holding its own. Uh, I mean, it was growing kind of exponentially there for a while, and the growth has slowed right. down, but it's still significant. Uh, a lot of people do like to listen, and these days it's not so much commuter. Well, it's still a lot of commuters, but folks that are just working at home. You know, maybe there you go. Uh, and, and I mean, not work, but they're at home, so. Uh, you know, my wife is at home and, and decides that she wants to get into a cooking jag for the afternoon. Well, she'll put mm-hmm. something on and listen to it while she's cooking or, you know, prepping some food, something like that. Uh, listen to something while I'm, you know, working out in the barn, being, being uh, you know, the uh, Green Acres guy. Uh, so and that's just, There's plenty of time there's... to listen.
2: So many different areas that you can listen to that don't need 100 percent concentration on what you're doing, and you can listen to uh, the book and and enjoy mm-hmm. it. And uh, yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's it, you need to yes. look at the the auto aspect of it. So uh, mm-hmm. Sommier is the name of it, and it will be coming out. Sommelier is
3: the name of it, right? The right? new and
2: book coming from Jim Lockren. Pretty exciting Jim Lockren. <laughs> and he is the author of online uh red wine and white wine and uh, an easy 28-32 page read that tells you how to enjoy and understand red wine and white wine which if i may say would be a good precursor to the book because he's talking about wines. And so this way it gives you a little bit of working knowledge as you go into the book. So uh, those mm-hmm. both are available mm-hmm. online. Uh, I think, what, two ninety nine dollars 99 uh, uh, for uh, each of them.
3: Yes. Uh, one is. I think one is – I think we still have one priced at $0.99 cents just to say, oh, hey, take a look. See if you like it. If you like this there one, go. go get the other one. And the, the title, if anyone wants to look at, is looking for it is The uh, 15-Minute Guide okay. to Knowing and Enjoying Fine Wine, or The 15-Minute Guide to Red Wine, The 15-Minute Guide to White Wine. So I think The 15-Minute Guide thing
2: uh, will get them there. Uh You're right. To the right I I, I I didn't say the whole full name of it, but yeah, I'll do that. And no, like I said, just a little bit of a little bit of knowledge that you're going to pick up from those two. And they're easy to read. You can sit down in an hour and probably read both of them. Um, but this the knowledge mm-hmm. you get from those two will give you a little bit of insight into the book and help understand because. The person was not killed with a blunt instrument about a of wine, but with a gun, but still it's all about <laughs>
1: it's all,
2: all, all a bunch of wine stuff and all that so Jim, it's thank all you. a bunch of lovely wine stuff bunch of lovely wine stuff uh, Mike, do you have any any comments questions uh, Thanks. for yeah.
0: well, i' just uh, I just noticed uh, he was on march twenty sixth as well uh, march twenty sixth and October fifteenth of last year um, and uh, the reference to the uh, documentary on the the Doro Valley, uh, however you say it, was uh, October seventh. Carlos Carniero, uh, who directed a wonderful kingdom, a wonderful kingdom about the uh, the valley and uh, uh-huh. what's happening there, and um, so I just thought I'd uh, reference that. But um, thank you. No, thank I you. think uh, Great. I think I'm good. There. Also, uh, uh, check out his other uh, Jim's other books: uh, Fifty Ways to Love Wine More. Adventures in Wine Appreciation, and he also wrote A Beer Drinker's uh, Guide to Knowing and Enjoying Fine Wine. Uh, also uh, excellent reads, and uh, look for those as well. And uh, they are listed on his website. And I'm sure we're going to get the uh, website address uh, here in just a minute. But uh, nope, I think that was <laughs> it. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on, and and uh, really appreciate it. And I hope to uh, look forward to. Uh, uh, checking out your your latest work after after it's released and we'll have you on again and discuss that. I'm sure uh, we'll have uh, some uh, review on that as well. So, thank you very yeah. much.
2: Yeah, very good. Well, and my pleasure. Thank you guys. Yeah. And w- give you. us an address how people can get a hold of you or look up your, your...
3: Yes, uh, the website okay. is uh is com. So, j i m l a u g h r e n.com and uh books are available either on Amazon or go to your favorite independent bookstore and ask them to round up a copy for you.
2: And they can do so or you can uh and the they two short guys. They can do so guides, easily. Yes, they uh-huh. can do so easily. Two short guys are available online also, you can do it that way. So uh and Two short
3: guys on Kindle. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh you can do it on Kindle. And also we as soon as Jim gives us the Release date, we'll let you know on the show here when that will be in, like uh, Mike just said. We'll get him back on the show, and we'll talk more about the book. And then that way, he can uh, not have to keep his ideas a secret. <laughs> and I, won't any, and I won't have to whisper anymore. I won't have to whisper anymore, because it'll be released. <laughs> okay. All right, just thank you very much for joining us tonight. Really, really, I, it's always... A pleasure talking with you I just, it's, yeah. we talk about wine and we, we both have the same thoughts and ideas about it you don't see it but while you're saying stuff I'm sitting here shaking my head vigorously up and down yes yes that's true that's true so, uh, <laughs> I do that a lot when you talk about it so thank you again for being on the show tonight and uh, we look forward to the release of the book and talking to you in the future
3: thank you very much
2: you're quite welcome.
3: Thank you. Have a good welcome. evening. A
2: good good Bye
0: now. <laughs> thank you. Okay. thanks. Well, there's a lot of
2: All right. small audience, so they were drinking wine the whole time. Don't feel like clapping. Um,
0: all right. Oh, we got to put our glasses gu- all- down. Let's. Uh, you know, forgot. Oops. <laughs> um, our next show, as Ron stated earlier, uh, we're going to have a, a special guest, uh, another special guest come up uh, next week, which is yeah. December the 9th. So next Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, we'll make uh, announcements on our uh, social media pages and, um, of course, scheduling on here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, so look out for that, and uh, we'll fill uh, you in on Ma- some more details. Marie mm-hmm.
2: Liberati. Marie Liberati will be on that's who who's on she's well known up in canada she does shows up there she's interviewed people she has in fact i was a guest on one of her podcasts uh back uh a couple months ago i can't remember exactly what day but i was a guest on one of her podcasts so she's going to be joining us next week and so like mike said he'll post information up uh looking forward to talking with her though she's a very very knowledgeable one so it should be should be fun
0: yeah, we'll do that. And uh, for tonight, we'll close the show out, and uh, we'll see you all next week at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again, have a great week, and um, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.
2: Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll see you next time on All About Wild. All right. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.